welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. This is our opposition preview for Forest against Villa. Delighted I'm joined by the legend Wolfie of Forest Fan TV. How are you, mate? I'm fantastic, mate. How are you doing, Luke? Thank you for yeah. having me on as well, bud. Awesome stuff. So, like what we always do on these episodes, it's all about Forest. We get a real deep dive in everything to do with Nottingham Forest. So, we'll start off then with sort of how are you feeling after last season, surviving? You sort of had this FFP with Brennan Johnson, sort of. He had to go. Just talk to us about sort of like the summer, really, and signings and letting him go. Yeah, so everyone knows we get memed a lot that at the start of last year we bought a crap load of players. But as always, I, the reasons were, I mean, most people know we had so many loans in in the championship campaign, so we had to build a squad. So we were expecting this summer for it to be a bit quieter, a couple of, you know, the chess pieces here and there coming on. And it was looking that way throughout the summer. It wasn't really a fast start to the summer. And then suddenly, bang, deadline day comes seven come through the door i think we ended up with 13 or 14 in total so it wasn't as crazy as last year where we ended up with 30 new players but uh not too far off with 14 but it was all around brennan johnson because we couldn't afford to do it without selling brennan johnson and you guys were really interested in him i thought at one stage he was going to end up at villa i know he was interested in villa but i don't know why you didn't end up paying the cash maybe because you got drb in um, before that, maybe I don't know. But yeah, once he went, everything dominoed into place. And this was all on the final day because we were able to bring in Sangare. I think we got Callum Hudson Adoy that day, Origi. <laughs> I can't even remember the rest, bro. There were so many <laughs> that were coming in. So again, it's always exciting. It's always exciting, these transfer windows. And yeah, fun fact we were actually involved in the signing of Sangare. We had to get one of our guys in to translate because Forrest didn't have a translator available and he doesn't speak a word of English. So yeah, that was all fun and games on that on that last day. But yeah, overall, was I happy with the transfer window? Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. We got some good names in, the squad thickened up. We definitely could have done with more firepower, but defensively, midfield-wise, we've definitely strengthened a lot there. The squad does look better than last year, mate. Yeah, so... I mean, I've watched a, a bit of Forest, and when I look at the table, it doesn't really translate to sort of what I expected from Forest this season. You went to United, played really, really well. I watched that game, and I couldn't believe what I saw. Um, Chelsea beat Chelsea, um, but you're still like ten points. Like Luton, you were you were really good in that game, and you came away with like a two-two draw. And when I watch you, I'm thinking. Okay, you're going to kick on this year, but there's still something that that's just not quite there. And I, as a Villa fan watching you, I can't really put my finger on on what it is. But how would you say the start of the season's been? It's a weird one. Something I've always said about Cooper is I think he prefers to be the underdog. So if you look at the first four away matches we had, it was Arsenal away, um, who was it? United away, Chelsea away, and Man City away. Probably some would argue the four hardest matches you could have away from home. But we played better in those games than we did in the home matches. And you would argue that we had somewhat of the easier home matches. We had Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home, 
and uh, it was the other one, Brentford at home, and then just Luton at home. And we it's almost flipped reversed. I think we were better away from home because of my theory about Cooper. He likes to be the underdog. He can go into a low block. Like you said, at Man U, we took a 2-0 lead within five minutes, and suddenly it's like, <laughs> well, GG now for the rest of the 85. We beat <laughs> Chelsea away. Um, last year at, um, at Arsenal, we lost 5-0, and it was narrow in the end. We only lost 2-1 this season. But the problem's been when we've been expected to be the aggressors. So when Luton came, we were 2-0 up, couldn't manage the game out. There was some appalling substitutions made that threw the game. Sheffield United, last minute winner from Chris Woods, got us over the line. Burnley, some would say we got lucky because they were claiming for a second goal with a handball and what have you. It got disallowed. It was definitely handball. But still, we should be beating those teams. So at the moment, it feels a little imbalanced. And I put it down to Cooper has mastered this low block tactic against the bigger teams. But he hasn't yet mastered how to break down a team when we need to be the aggressor in the Premier League. And that's something he needs to come to terms with quickly, mate. So overall, though, I would say we're probably probably three to four points behind where we should be. We should have beaten Luton. We probably shouldn't have beaten Chelsea, you know, on paper. Um, so they almost cancel each other out, but we should have beaten Burnley as well. So I'd say about three or four points there. And I think we should have beaten Palace away. So it really depends, but we're just slightly below par, mate. But we're still not quite clicking in the attacking department. Yeah, I'd probably say that's quite fair. So... I think it's always the challenge, isn't it? Like that that second season, like the the sort of expectation rises slightly. You go from sort of scrambling around the first season to try and survive. You don't really care what happens as long as you survive. But yeah. then as you sort of grow, you want to improve and you want to, you know, you might look at teams like Luton or Burnley or whoever and think, well, we should be beating them. So we should be yeah. playing like a Premier yeah. League team now. And I think sometimes that transition to playing like sort of like a defensive style to like try and attack and play it, yeah. it it does catch teams out doesn't it in the premier league it's not easy so if i had to ask you as a forest fan like what's the ambition because obviously last year you know you survived the home form was fantastic where would you pinpoint and say that's a great season for us this is like a really divisive question in the fan base because you will get some people that say 17th, stay in the Premier League another year. That's fine for us. We haven't been in the Premier League for 23 years. Um, we did some work with Sky on this and they did a poll. The majority of the Forest fans went for 13th on average. Hmm. I think I, I've broken it down a little different in my mind. Let me talk you through my deluded um hypothesis here right i've gone through all the teams and i think forest have the 11th best squad in the league when i've broken it down yeah i've got villa ahead of us i mean okay. you have, you have got like that many players so you've got to have a good a good squad do, do you know what i mean <laughs> i feel like so i broke it down like that and i've said to myself okay so a par performance would be 11th in my head um above par maybe eighth ninth or tenth somewhere around there so I would be really happy if we finished maybe top 10. The What we do know is that the club's ambitions are to get a top 10 finish this year. Callum Hudson-Odoi came out and said it in an interview that they're aiming to try and break into the top 10. Realistically, with the squad we have, it should be somewhere between 9th and 12th, something like that for me. But you will get all varying opinions from the fan base. 
if we click though, mate, there's an, I don't know who we would dispose. The thing is, you can't really push yourselves any higher because you look at the squads above and they're just too strong and they got a more built out squad than we do. And the problem is that firepower that we're currently lacking if Taiwo is injured, for example. So I would say, realistically, I'd say probably end up par 10th to 13th is where I think yeah. we'll end up. Yeah, I think that's pretty decent, to be fair. So, players to watch out for then. Who would you say are your standout players? Because I, I really rate Gibbs White. I think he's fantastic. He did, I think he had a good part. You're not feeling it. I think he had a good partnership with uh, Brennan Johnson. Brennan, yeah. But you're playing him out wide, aren't you? He's out of position, yeah. And... and I don't think he's suited there. Same like West Ham playing Paqueta out on the left. Yeah. I think you, you, they're trying to shoe on a player in a position to make use exactly. of another player elsewhere. Exactly. So I think I think he's really good in your team every time I've sort of watched him anyway. So I think that Sangare is a good player. I don't think he's sort of hit the height yet, you know, in a yeah. Bobby shirt. So yeah. I think he's good. So who, who would you say is like you stand out player then? I'll start by saying Morgan Gibbs White is my favourite player. He was brilliant last season. However, he went away with England and they won the tournament this summer and he came back kind of thinking a lot of himself. And I'm saying that with all due respect to him. And he's kind of, he knows that Cooper's building this team around him. But the weird thing is, as you said, he's building it around him out of position. And it's been showing this season. He's had one assist, no goals so far in, you know, the opening 10 games. For me, he does. He needs to do less. Less would be more with him. He tries to take on the weight of the attack by himself, tries to do the flicks and the tricks and everything. He just needs to settle back in, keep it simple, keep the pass going. He works really hard on the pitch, but he needs. He can't shoot at the moment. His shooting is woeful. Hopefully he'll score against you guys. But um, And his corners are terrible as well. But as attitude and as drive and as a person who's full of confidence... There's no one like him in the squad. He will click. This is what I'll say to you. He will click, but he hasn't yet this season. And it did take him a while last year. It wasn't until I think we played Brentford at home sometime in November last year that he got his first goal. And then he kind of opened up from there. So I think he needs a goal. Once he gets a goal, he'll be back and firing. But at the moment, I'd say our best players are currently, for me, the most consistent so far has been Willy Bolly, the guy who picked up from Wolves. He's been a rock at the back. Um, I'm really liking Dominguez, the Argentinian that we brought in um, from Syria. He's been pulling the strings in the midfield. And the Brazilian kid, um, Murillo, who's this like tonked looking centre-back, 21 years old, came from Corinthians. He looks like a proper player. And of course, Taiwo. Taiwo is the one you need to worry about if he's fit. I think he will be risked against you. And he does bully defenders. Like he's, he bullied Virgil when we played Liverpool in the last 20 minutes that he got um, on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. Um, he went on that nine and seven goal scoring streak. He went seven in a row. Um, he's he's just got those attributes you want in a striker. Powerful, pacey. He's he's a bit he's a bit awkward on the eye when you watch him, but he just seems to end up in the right place at the right time. You know, and once he, like I said, once he got going, he just scored game in, game out, and he really did keep us up last year. 
So those are the ones I'd watch out for. I agree with what you said about Sangare. He hasn't yet settled in. And as I mentioned to you, he doesn't speak a word of English. Um, yes, there's a few French speakers in our squad, uh, but he doesn't look like he's yet settled in either in the team or in the Premier League. So I'm just waiting for him to settle in, but I've got no worries about him. He's going to be top quality. But yeah, those are the ones uh, those are the ones I'd highlight, mate. But we are severely lacking up front because we've got a lot of injuries. Nice one. Nice one. So we'll touch on Steve Cooper, then we'll turn our attention to the game on Sunday. Yeah. So I was watching your channel last year and I know he was pretty much... There was it was a balancing act every single week, weren't it? In out, in out, and you know, a lot of discontent at times. What's the what's the vibe as a whole with Steve Cooper? Like, is he sort of like the guy that's gonna lead you up the table, or is he still sort of like in that sort of camp of like, can you do better? Can you get better? Can he? get you playing better football. Where, where, where are you all at at the minute? So I'll start with this, mate. When I talk about Cooper, I talk about him from my perspective because the majority of the Forest fans are fully behind him. Why? Because he's the guy who got us up and they've got, well, we've got, including myself, that love for him, for what he did. However, I tend to look at it more pragmatically than that. And I look at the squad we've now built, um, the players we've got in and his tactics. As I said to you at the start, his tactics are very negative. He prefers his comfort zone, is a low block team, Fife at the back, etc. And for me, and I'm and I would say as well for the owner Maranakis, it's not what he wants to see after investing over 200 million into the squad. But the majority of the Forest fans are behind him. I I will look, my stance on Cooper is very simple. If he wins the games on the pitch, I don't care who's in charge. I don't care if you got the job tomorrow and you started winning games for Forest. I'd fully back you, yeah? All I care about is the results. But what I'm not seeing at the moment is the results or the overall progression on the team where we're not breaking down these lesser oppositions, for want of a better phrase. And then when we are going to the big boys, we're just basically putting 11 behind the ball and hoping that we can get a point out of it. Um, and, and that's my frustration with him. His substitutions haven't been great at all. He's either done them too late or he's too reactive with them. But his positives are a lot. One, he's galvanized the whole club together. The club was in a mess before he came in. Um, he's also a people's person, really good with the players, really good at pulling a squad together, making them feel like sometimes they're better than they actually are. And he's able to get a lot out of them. My question on him is, has he got that next step to get forward? I kind of look at your situation last year and I run a lot of parallels to it. I think we're coming towards that crossroads where, when you had Gerard, Yeah, Gerard was decent. Yes, he had a first good season for you. I know the attachment to Gerard wasn't like what we have with Cooper because of the history we have with him. But then I look at where you went from last year. You were fighting with us in that relegation battle. I remember after the one-all draw, you know, they were booing Gerard off and what have you. And then when you changed over to Emery, bang, straight turnaround and you end up in Europe. I'm not saying every club can do that, nor am I suggesting that Forrest can do that. But what I will say on Cooper is at the moment, I think he's, well, I think any manager is three games, three losses away from losing their job anyway. But that Luton one, that Luton one's the one 
that could have cost him, even though we didn't lose, because yeah. he ended up throwing that two-goal lead. Then we lost to Liverpool. We've got you next and then West Ham before the international break, and we haven't won in six. If it goes seven and then eight, then I think he could be in trouble. And I don't think I don't think Maranakis will be as patient with him this year because it's the second season, because he's invested another 100 million in the summer. So I will look at it from a pragmatic point of view. I never get sentimental. I, I lie. Sometimes I'll be sentimental about certain players. But when it comes to managers, managers come and go, man. If Steve Cooper were to get offered the Man City job tomorrow, he'd take it and he'd have my blessing for it. Do you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't hold it against him. But I'm not going to be sentimental about it. If he doesn't bring the results, and then change him. If he beats you and then we beat West Ham, he's got my full backing. But at the moment, the club, the fan base is still very sentimental about him, mate. Yeah. I do really see similarities between Cooper and Dean Smith, though, as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I would say, instead of saying Gerard, you'd be better off saying yeah. like, Dino. Like, we, we got promoted and we signed loads of players, but they're the calibre of players that probably aren't the calibre of players that we're signing now. So yeah. you do have to kind of go on this bit of a journey to get to that end part and That's I think perfect you, example yeah, yeah you're right in what you're saying really because you know we all love Dino we we you know thought he was tremendous thanked him for getting us in promoted and every success that we get now kind of is down to him as well because yeah. it's that journey but, that foundation in yeah yeah but he couldn't he couldn't have took us there in my opinion so I kind of think you might be getting to the same point that we yeah. got when we had uh, Dino. So we'll talk about Villa then. What are your thoughts on Villa this season? I, I, I mean, I'd be stupid not to say I've been impressed because I have been impressed. I think I think wins are breeding you confidence and with confidence is coming the performances. The turnaround has been ridiculously quick. You know, only really Emre and Postacoglu have switched their teams around as quickly as uh, we've seen with you two. I think you've got some cracking players. Um, there's some that I still think you need improvement on. But for me, uh, Douglas Louise has been ridiculously good this season. I think he's been solid. He scored loads of goals as well, hasn't he? Um, yeah. So he, he's he's been fantastic. He's been a player I've always rated. I think Kamara coming back. I think when you signed him anyway, I was shocked that you guys got him. Because you got him. Didn't you get him on a free or for a couple of mils? Yeah, yeah. When you got him. Yeah. There was big clubs in for him, and I've always highly rated him. And I think he's been really solid for you guys. And the big signing for me was Diaby. That made my jaw drop when you got Diaby. I did. I thought, you know, I've watched a lot of the Bundesleagas, and he's been fantastic. I was expecting him to go to a big six club if he was going to come to the Premier League. And it just shows Emery's got some great pull in him. In terms of Watkins, I think he's in a purple patch, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I remember him playing when you came to us at the city ground last year, but yeah, it was under Gerard. He wasn't looking great. There was all kinds of things being done with him. I think at one point he played him out wide in the game or what have you, but you know, so I think you got great players and you've recruited really well. Zaniolo, I rate him highly. Obviously he's got all that stuff going on. Um, Tenali style, but I think as a player, he's brought you balance as well. And of course your best player is Matty Cash still, isn't he? <laughs> Do you know what? Honestly, he is under Emery. He's gone on. Yes, 
Enfold is yep. what what he's doing. His confidence is through the roof, and he's now playing. Sometimes he'll play as a winger. Sometimes yep. he'll play as a right back as well. So, you know, but he's, he's got that. how he played at Forest. Yeah, in the Championship, he's now doing that in the Premier League. You know, in terms of the style of play we were seeing at Forest. And you're right to use him there because we used to use him higher up the pitch, and then he started to come backwards. So I've I've still got a soft spot for him. I love him. Is uh, yeah, it was great. He's for a us. great yeah. lad. So Sunday then, Villa come to Forest. What can Villa fans expect from that game? So how, how would you see that game going? Because I know you've been going with a four at the back for a few games, but then against Liverpool, did you go for a five at the back? Yeah. So yeah. what can we expect and, and how do you think the game's going to go? This is an awkward one because there's a few different like plots developing. There's been a huge, huge cry out from the fan base about the atmosphere at the city ground, which has been really flat this year. People have put it down to, oh, we've only had those, you know, rubbishy teams coming through, the Lutons, um, the Burnleys, etc. So the atmosphere hasn't been that great. It's been flat, like compared to last year where it was literally party mode, game in, game out. So that's been noticeable. So it'll be interesting to see how the fans react. There's a real push online to get everyone to just get there and back everyone and really create an atmosphere, be the 12th man. So that's one thing to keep an eye out for. The second thing is what we've got with injuries. Now, I think Taiwo will start, but we're still very short on attackers. Um, Elanga will probably play. Callum Hudson-Odoi is out. Chris Wood's out. And that's pretty much all we've got in terms of an attacking threat. Obviously, Morgan Gibbs-White kind of more centrally. I think Cooper will go with a back four. I don't think he'll go with the back five. He claimed he wanted to go with a back four against Liverpool, but because of the late injury of Chris Wood, etc., that's why he went with a back five. I think he will keep that midfield three the same. Sangare, Dominguez and Mangala, they're forming a partnership there. And I think he'll go a 4-3-3-ish, depending on the availability. Um, what do I expect? I expect Cooper will give you guys too much respect, if I'm being honest with you. And I'd understand it. You guys are hot right now. But at the city grounds, I would like to see us take you on. Because mm -hmm. if you're playing low block football, all that happens is you're just surrendering. You're putting 10 men behind the ball, or 11 if you want to include the keeper. And you're just surrendering possession. You're punting the ball out to clear it. And then it's coming straight back at you, straight back at you. And eventually a player is going to make a mistake like we saw against Liverpool on Sunday. So that per constant, persistent pressure will cause issues. And then eventually you'll get your chance. A bit like when we played at your ground last season. We went for that low block. And then it was bloody Shelby, wasn't it? Who did that suicide yeah. pass into Neo Carte And you guys got your goal. And that was kind of game over and that's what i mean with the low block yes it can work if we get a chance on the counter attack and i think that's what he will look for i think if Alanga will play he will look for that pace with him and morgan gibbs white potentially and if you guys look to play a higher line you need to be careful of the balls in behind your defense but in all honesty i think we would be better off not necessarily going toe to toe with you but kind of playing more a mid block game you know trusting Murillo and Bolly at the back to control that that nothing will get in behind them 
But I think he's going to be scared of the pace of Watkins, Diaby, etc. And I can see nothing but a low block coming in in terms of the style of the game, mate. What I will say is I think there will be a keeper change. I think Turner will be dropped for Vlacodemus and that will be his debut. And every time we've debuted a keeper in the Premier League, they've had like a really hot opening game. So watch out for that one. I've probably jinxed that. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I see the game going. I think you'll dominate possession. Yeah, I think I think we will dominate position. That's that's all what our style's based around as well, just keeping all of that ball. But one thing you mentioned about the atmosphere, I went to the game last year mm. and that stand was apt that was rocking. It was yeah. I mean I mean I mean rocking like yeah. it was moving, it was that yeah. loud, it was just mental. So um it's disappeared this season, mate. It's disappeared. Yeah, I mean that that I'd say it was one of the best atmospheres yeah. I'd been in. Also, it was like that game in, game out, mate. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was class. So yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you for coming on. Um, and yeah, it's been great chatting to you. And hopefully, what we'll are you do it saying, though, Luke? What are you giving your prediction as? Um, I'll, I'll back. I've got a back Villa at the minute. I'd say it's going to be a tight game. I'd say two one Villa. Um. I think it'll be tight, but I think we're we're in a we're we're on a bit of a roll, and I think not everything's just coming together um, really well. You spoke about you bringing in a new keeper. Our keeper's just won goalkeeper Ballon d'Or, so he's going to have a world, isn't he? He's just won that, so he's got to he's got to do well. So yeah, I, I'd say two one. I think you know, but. I know it's going to be a difficult game. You know, every game in the Premier League is a difficult game. You know, it's it's not an easy place to go to, is it? So, yeah. um, be a tight one, I think. But I, I'd go two one. Okay. <laughs> I hope you're I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on your channel anyway. So, Villa fans, go and yeah. check out Forest Fan TV, uh, and you'll hear me chatting on there. So, cheers, mate.